Welcome back to this week's edition of Sports Blogger Radio, brought to you by FanJunkies.net. I'm your host, John Larry, and with me is always Scott Oshansky. Yeah, kid. Today we're going to be talking about the Bruins, all Bruins, seventh player award, Bruins free agents, and trade targets. Scott, my man, <sighs> Shansky. For the record, du- for the record, my name is not actually Shansky. My name is actually Blooney, but we're going to go with a different Irish name every episode because we're the boys from Southie. So, uh, yeah, so I'm doing well, man. Ugh, this week has been kind of a pain because of school and stuff like that. But, you know, the Bruins won, thank goodness. Um, you know, that's that's all I'm really happy about. And uh, how you been? I've been good, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm drinking some different type of Sam Adams, another Boston Lager. I'm uh, hanging in there. Oh, I turned 21 on April 1st. Oh, yeah, I turned legal. 21 on April 1st. Legal, right there. Yeah. We'll have to uh, we'll have to take you out for a celebratory uh, toast. A brew. That's what we got to go for. We got yes. go, a, a brewski. Go to O'Patty's, get a brew. <laughs> so, uh, all right, man. Seventh player award. Uh, basically, the seventh player award is, from my knowledge, only done by the Boston Bruins. Everybody out there could probably correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe this is a Boston Bruins thing. Yeah, I think I, I know. Think, I think so. I yeah. know that you, right there, my man, is Daniel Paye's number one fan. So why don't you tell everybody why you feel that Daniel Paye should be the guy? Well, Daniel Paye, absolutely, in my mind, deserves a seven player award. If you look back at previous seven player awards, it's kind of been a popularity contest like. Tim Thomas, who is now a nut job, won it back when he was playing in Boston. Uh, Tyler Sagan won it last year. Um, again, like, but the thing is, we all expected him to be a beast, and he was a beast. So, um, Cam Dealy, you know, Ray Bork, big names, all big Bostonians. So this is a this is actually a big award within the Boston Bruins community, and um, I think it absolutely goes to Daniel Pye and. Uh, this is fan balloting, so like you got to take into account that it's gonna be biased towards like, oh, Tucky Hamilton, oh my God, fangirls or yeah, the, yeah, pretty much the pink hats uh, will be rushing to yeah, like yeah, <laughs> the pink hats will be rushing to the ballots and voting for quote unquote, and I've seen this and I I almost threw up when I saw it, Tyler. Sexy Sagan. Tyler Sagan, I, Brad Marchand, Dougie Hamilton, like all those you know, players who, you know, young could guys. Could actually not care about <laughs> voting for him. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, that's kind of a whole different topic. Um, yeah, well, listen, I I don't – listen, pink hats drive me nuts. We, um, that's, that's actually on the blog. Go check it out on Sports Blog. We got a whole article about pink hats way back in the day. Oh, yes. I went off on him. Yeah. Uh, but last year, last year I think it went to Tyler Sagan. Again, he had 29 goals, 38 assists, plus 34 performance. That's obviously yeah. beast mode. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, Tyler Sagan, he was definitely uh, – he was worth the award last year. There's no doubt about that. Only straight because of his his, uh, his, his pure sexiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, he, he was definitely deserving of it because of his skills on the ice. It's not – it's not just a, uh, you know, popularity contest. At least most fans out there give it some sort of thought. Yeah, well, you know, I think that last year, uh, um, 
a contender for that award and actually voted for Chris Kelly, <clears throat> who came out of nowhere, had a career season. He had 20 goals, 19 assists, the, the, the career highs in both, and he had a plus 33, which was uh, among the league leaders. And I really think that seventh player should go to the guy who's not in the top six forwards or the top four defensive pairings, really. I think he's a guy who's lower in your depth who has proven that he can come up and play and he can do whatever you need him to do and he's a hard worker. Yeah, so. yeah the, the guys, I mean, you're right. The the seven-player award, in my eyes, should be the guy that can come and play pretty much anywhere on the ice you need him to. Yeah. Um, exclu- excluding, like, maybe defense or whatever. But even that, I mean, the defensive players have been – Oh, really, absolutely. You know, so um, – and Daniel Pye, he's a good pick. Um, I don't know, like, me being a homer. I would definitely choose uh, Bergeron. I think Bergeron, he's just been nothing but solid. Yeah, but Bergeron, but Bergeron is always solid. Like, Pae, he's having, right now, he's having a career center. He's got, I mean, career season. He's got six goals, six assists, and a plus one rating in 28 games so far. While those aren't staggering numbers, <clears> like, he's a fourth, he's a fourth line winger. And he doesn't, he sees the second least ice time on the entire Bruins squad other than Sean Thornton, who's our fighter. So, right. and th- this is like, He's a fast, hardworking player. He plays wherever Julian needs him to be. You know, mm-hmm. the Merlot line has arguably, arguably been one of the most consistent lines in the Bruins roster for the past two, three years. Like, they, yeah. they will always yeah. put in the effort. So, yeah. I mean, okay, so with that being said, you, you don't think that Glenn Campbell can uh, can be that guy? Gregory Campbell. I don't think he can Gregory be that Campbell, yeah. No, I don't I mean, know why I said Glenn. Grant Gregory Campbell, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think his game – I mean – his game is great, but at the same time, I don't think he's coming out like I don't think he's playing at the same level as Dan Pye right now. I think it's really the Dan Pye showing the fourth line. And um, you know, if you look at the stats, and this is I did some research for this, Pye, not only is he getting it done on both sides of the ice with virtually no ice on excuse me, he's looking like he has scored more goals this season than every single player to play on the Boston Bruins third line. This includes Pandolfo, Kelly. Peverly, Chris Bark, and Jordan Caron, all of them combined, he has more goals than them this season, which speaks volumes, in my opinion, to his effort level. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that it's going to go to either Brad Marchand or Dougie Hamilton or maybe even Patricia Bertrand. I mean, and and not for nothing, I mean, yeah, they saw those are like popular picks, but those guys are kind of deserving of it too. I mean, Brad Marchand, he's been, he's, I mean, the past couple games he's had, he's struggled a little bit, but. Dougie, Dougie Hamilton, he's um, Dougie Hamilton is is a is a more viable choice than I think Brad Marchand. Yeah, um, yeah, I, like I said, but those again, those are popular picks. Just you know, like I was stating, uh, Brad Marchand, he's he has like I said, he's been struggling a little bit the past couple of games, but he's one of those offensive players that he's just going to go ahead and explode again. Dougie Hamilton has been nothing but consistent. So he, if if any of those guys were to win, I would be okay with the Dougie Hamilton winning that that award. I would be more okay with Dougie Hamilton winning more than most other Bruins. I really think that it belongs to Pia though because his two way effort, he's blocking shots, he's he's laying out hits, he's scoring, he's being an offensive threat, he's playing on the penalty kill, he's he's playing well in both sections of the ice, he's playing so well and he's always hustling and, and he's fast and his speed is just fantastic. You know <clears throat> I know that this is probably not a permanent change, but when, you know, Jillian looking to shake up the the, the roster, he puts Pie on the line with Bergeron and Sagan. Like it clearly shows that that Julian, I mean, even though it was for sh- making up a, a, you know, a statement, 
he he trusts this guy, and the guy has the ability to compete with, to compete with these guys. Sure. I mean, uh, from what you told me, you know, he was a first round draft pick, right? Back when he went like twentieth overall or something like that with to Buffalo, and I believe this is his fourth season or fifth season, and he's, you know, I've like, I think it was really the year that they went to the Stanley Cup and won. I think I really started noticing how he was always making good decisions on the ice, and he was always working hard, and that's why yeah. I started becoming a huge fan. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I think that he's being rewarded for his consistent effort right now, and being he, he's got more goals than Milan Lucic. Like, do you, yeah. I, okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you think at some point, I mean, regardless of player award aside, do you think at some point that Daniel Paye could go ahead and actually make himself, oh, uh, absolutely, uh, move up in the uh, on the lines? Do you think he could be a first round? Uh, excuse me, first liner. A first liner is tough, but I think it could definitely. I think that right now he's being on the fourth line. We. Like, he compliments Gregory Campbell and Sean Thornton so well with his energy that I almost think that he plays better on the fourth line than he'd play on other lines. I think that that's where he belongs, and that's that's part of his strength. I, while he's a skilled player, you know, he's always, like, there hasn't been um, – there haven't been many games this season where Daniel Pye has not got a breakaway. Any, or a yeah, attempt. yeah. Like, um, real quick, I, I just want to kind of toss this in there, and um, so you can – because you're a Daniel Pye, like, fan – uh, shorthanded goals. Doesn't he lead the Bruins in the shorthanded goals? Offhand, I don't know, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, because any time I've ever seen, I mean, excluding Brad Marchand, the only other time I've ever seen a shorthanded goal, it's either by yeah, him. By, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he uh, just, he plays the power play so well, I and mean, he's always in the uh, the offensive zone. He's always got his stick know? in a passing lane. He's always got, you know, <clears throat> he's always making an effort to uh, strip the puck. You know, one of the reasons why our penalty kill is one of the best in the NHL, even though it's been getting progressively kind of not the best, but it, it's one of the premier power uh, penalty kills in the NHL is because we have so much depth and Daniel Pai, like he is a, I think he's a really important part of that. Yeah. He is, he is, um, you know, we only got two, I believe we have two power play uh, penalty kill units and he's on the second one. He's a, he's a hard worker and he maintains um, effective penalty killing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think that, Maybe there'll be a, an opportunity where he gets moved up, you know, if you know, if things don't, if if that fourth line, if the Merlot line as it's called, um, evaporates or whatever, if it doesn't, if it doesn't hold for the next couple of seasons, but I think that right there, he is an effective player and he is bringing offense to a fourth line, one of the best fourth lines in my opinion in the NHL. He's not. Like he's not the Paul Bizanet type. Like like Paul, you know, biz nasty. He's always on Twitter. He's always with like Paulina Gretzky or supermodels or whatever. He's a yeah. fourth line. And he barely like to be to be perfectly honest. I know I'm gonna get a lot of slack for this because everyone loves Paul Bizanet, but he's not a very good player. Like honestly. Oh, how dare you! Oh, <laughs> Danny Pye, He's he's a great player, and that's the difference between you know the Coyotes fourth line and and the Bruins fourth line. So. Well, that's I mean, listen. Uh, if if we backtrack to last year when they won, um, I believe it was what twenty one straight. Was that that was last year, right? Something like that, yeah. Um, that awesome. At, at at some point, you had to look at the Bruins and say, "Wow, they had four consecutive lines that they could roll out and yeah. beat you with." And well, a lot of these guys are back, so there's no. I mean, excluding excluding Chris Kelly being injured and Rich Beverly kind of having a rough season. If those guys were clicking, I mean, wow. They would, you know, they would be dominating. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And, um, 
you know, I think that Chris Kelly's a huge blow, especially because he was having a terrible he was having a bad season. He was getting better, and then he took that that broken yeah. tibia hit. Um, but you know, it's tough. I really think that the Bruins pride themselves on scoring depth and having four, like you said, four lines that they can roll out. Um, I think our fourth line is is you know is about the best that you can get for a fourth li- a fourth line we're talking about like yeah. an enforcer energy line. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. as good, if not better, than every single one in the NHL. Call me a homer, but like I, the stats speak for themselves. We got Milan Lucic with five goals. We got Danny Pye with six. So, yeah, you know, exactly. call it what you want to call it. Um, all right. Well, well, speaking speaking of you know top guys and stuff like that, Bruins free agents at the off season. These are the guys that are going to be uh, either unrestricted or restricted. And I'm going to go ahead and read you this list, and I want you to tell me what you think. They should either do with them, either resign them, trade them, uh, or just let them go. All right, and these are just these are just like the top guys here. Okay, okay. All right, we have Nathan Horton, who's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, he, uh, he I believe he signed a six uh, six year okay. twenty four six year twenty four million. Yep. Um, he'll be uh, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. We have Tuka Rask, who is a restricted free agent, one year three point five mil. Uh. Andrew Ferentz, unrestricted free agent, three-year, $6.75 million. Anton Kudobin, unrestricted free agent, two-year, uh, $1.75 mil. And Jordan Caron, restricted free agent, three-year, $2.66 million. Out of those guys, who do you think we should keep? Who do you think we should get? Let, uh, go ahead and ride into the sunset. All right. Well, first of all, I'm going to go out and say with 99.99% certainty that Tuka Rask gets signed to a long-term contract at the end of this year. They'd be stupid um, not to. What's that? They'd be stupid not to. Yeah. So, you know, he's 26 years old. He's a premier goaltender. Uh, he's been playing – confidence is a little – it's still getting there, but <clears throat> he's been playing well, – not Great. to not uh, not to throw Willard on the fire. Bruins have twelve million dollars in cap space that they can spend yep. with the uh, trade of Tim Thomas and uh, you know whatever they already they already had five million I believe beforehand. Right? <coughs> yes, they did. Oh okay, right, no, so. they had a, they, I believe they had about seven million, and I think they got five million out of. Oh Tim yes, Thomas. yes. I'm sorry, you're right. I had it backwards. All right, go ahead. Um, so I think Atuka, again, he was signed to a one-year, $3.5 million, please stay with us for another year contract. They're working out the terms on a long-term contract. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a long-term contract averaging between four and five million a year. So that... How you know, how long, though? Four years? Uh, I would say between four and six years. That's what I would say, because he's, again, only 26 years old. He's got an, at least another five years you know, with the bees, and he's again, he's still learning, which is scary because he's already pretty. He's already a, a great starter. He's already yeah. starting for a team that's you know, by you know, try to get the uh, top seed in the Eastern Conference. So yeah, yep. And starts okay. with your goaltender, Andrew Ferentz. This one gets a little tricky. Um, unrestricted free agent, three years, six point seven five mil. Um, He's in a more of an emotional guy, locker room kind of guy for the Bruins, and I know that Peter uh, Peter Shirelli, the Boston Bruins GM, does not like to get rid of those guys. Um, I have a feeling that he's gonna come back. I'm not sure what the money will be. That's more of a question mark in my opinion. But do you think do you think that resigning Andrew Ferentz to like uh, maybe a veteran minimum, like maybe two years? I mean, he's been in the league for a while, right? He's 
Yeah, he's been in the league for a while. He's been with the Bruins for a while. Um, um, I mean, he came over from Calgary. That's the whole reason why they signed him, because of because of his heart, you know, and the guy has a lot of heart in, in his game. So that's why they signed him and stuff. I know that. Uh, I think the biggest thing is Andrew Ferentz. He's, let's face it, I mean, uh, he's not the best defender out there. No. But like no. you said, he, he's, a, he, he's, a, he's a locker room guy. I, I can't see him giving him like a whole lot of money. No, I mean, neither do I. You know, but if if they want to go ahead and keep this guy around and kind of keep him, um, you know, keep him, keep the uh, locker room go ahead. I uh, excuse me, keep the locker room chemistry, chemistry. Keep it up, thank yeah. You. yeah, keep it up. Then go ahead. You know what I mean? But don't don't break the bank for this guy. That's that's my opinion. All right, and then we move on to Anton Kudobin. I agree with you, by the way, uh, 100%. Uh, Anton Kudobin, who's an unrestricted free agent, he was making this year, uh, he has a two-year, 1.7 mil contract. Uh, this is where the big question comes, in my honest opinion. Um, do we re-sign Kudobin and use Malcolm Subban for trade bait, which I think is going to happen, or do we get rid of Kudobin and try to bring up Svedberg, who is currently in the AHL. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah, um, which is what you're the point you're actually about to make is ex- exactly what I think. And I think Anton Kudobin, um, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. Uh, Anton Kudobin, I think, is a pretty good trade bait. And he's already proven that he can play at the NHA level. Um, and I think right now there's, so, there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of teams out there that need goalies. So why not go ahead and dangle him in front of someone and see if you can get someone back? Well, you know, here's where I disagree with you. I think that Malcolm Subban isn't going to be ready for the NHL in the next three to uh, four years. I'm going to say he's not going to be NHL ready in four years for the Bruins because of our goaltending depth. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still at Belleville. Um, he's playing well there. Um, uh, during the junior nationals, he looked good, but he had that train wreck game against the United States, and like he's still learning. Obviously, he's a young kid, but I think that we can get more for Malcolm Subban than we can for Anton Kudobin or Svedberg. And I think that Kudobin has proven so far he should have at least a couple shutouts. Like the Bruins have kind of let the guy down. Um, I think that he should stay. I think that they should re-sign him. I think they should give him a little more money, re-sign him. It's not going to be a huge deal. And keep Svedberg in the AHL. He's going to be, you know, he's he, he's tearing it up. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, keep him in the AHL and then, you know, package package Malcolm Subban and trade for someone. That's that's what I think is going to happen. Well, that's what I'd like to see happen. I think it's the most logical thing for the Bruins to do. I think that he's a great prospect, but at the same time, he can rack in so much either – a, a great player or, you know, money or something. And I think that he's more valuable to other teams than, you know, Anton Kudobin, who no one's even even heard about. So okay. I think that Kudobin is vastly underrated. And I think that he is the guy that we want to stay with. And I think that I would like to see the Bruins re-sign Kudobin and trade away Malcolm Subban. But um, just for the sake of moving on, because yeah. <laughs> you just spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> um, uh, Nathan Horton. Now, Nathan Horton, I feel... <laughs> Um, and please, ladies, wipe your tears. But yes, I feel that they need to go ahead and trade Nathan Horton <clears throat> right now while the iron's hot. Um, he's a good player. 
Uh, he's a beefy guy. Uh, granted, I know it will break up some of the chemistry that uh, the Lucic, uh, Krejci, Horton line have. But you know what? He's, uh, you know, 60 at 24 mil. That's that's a lot of money. I can't see him. I, I don't I don't think they, they can go ahead and sign this guy unless, unless you know, Shirelli has something up his sleeves. I don't think they can afford this guy right now. The only thing that I think could keep Nathan Horton in Boston would be if we – it's either going to be Ference or Horton. Karan is gone, in my opinion. I think he's going to be. I think he's just dead weight right now in the Bruins. Or not dead weight, but I think that he is someone that the Bruins would consider giving away in a heartbeat because he's well, had he's had his chances and he hasn't been able to, to really do it. Yeah, um, the thing is, though, he's a restricted free agent, so I mean, Bruins a, can match. He, Bruins can match anybody's offer. And I, I mean, I, I don't, I maybe I don't see a huge market for the kid, but somebody's going to give him a chance. You know. I mean, teams that are rebuilding for a younger star player, like, for instance, Tampa Bay, they might have an interest in Jordan Caron. He's a promising young forward who, you know, can play with the Bruins. And a lot of teams don't have the depth that we do. And a lot of teams would, I think, would be interested in him. But Horty, that's tough. Um, I didn't. I, I want to put a big question mark. Because I can't give a definitive answer. I want him to stay, but it's either going to yeah. be Ference or Horton. I think that Chiarelli will go with Ference. So... Yeah, I mean it. That's kind of it's kind of sad to think about that, only because Nathan Horton, he's the clutch he, guy. He's the clutch guy, just like we've talked about before. Uh, Nathan Horton gave you a overtime victory uh, against the Canadians to send us into the second round, and and uh, a uh, seventh game victory in Tampa Bay to send us to Vancouver, uh, the year of the Stanley Cup. So you can't. I mean, you know, everybody in Boston loves. Loves the uh, clutch guys, but you know, it's eventually tough. they yeah, eventually they move on. I mean, Adam Vinatieri moved on, you know, so it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough, tough but whatever. It's uh, it is what it is. Um, I like I said, I, I personally think that Nathan Horton will be gone. That's just my that's just my opinion because somebody's going to pay him a whole boatload of money. Yep. Um, as sad as I as sad as that is, I don't want him seen. I don't want him gone. But yeah. Uh, Jordan, like like you said, I agree. Jordan Caron, he's gonna be gone too. He's uh, he is kind of dead weight at this point, and right now we're in a uh, we're in a we're playoff in, race. Yeah, we're so. in a dire situation right now. We need to start you know stepping up production, especially with the the death problems we've been having with uh, injuries. Right. So um so this leading is into that leading yes. perfectly into that, we're gonna talk about <laughs> some of the dudes that we think should the Bruins should target. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. We got plenty of time to do this. So, yes. number one, I think every, everyone who is keeping up with NHL trade rumors knows uh, Jerome McGinley uh, of the Calgary Flames. Um, and this is this situation works pretty perfect for the Bruins. Um, yes. Calgary's number one goalie, Mika Kiprasov, he's 36 years old. He's got one year left on his contract, and the Flames really need to start thinking about goaltending depth. And with the recent drafting of Malcolm Subban by the Bruins, that's something that could fulfill that need. Um, I don't think Malcolm Subban's going to be ready in the next three, four seasons. I said that. Um, I think that Rask Kudobins, they're going to be a successful tandem in in that time. So I think that there's no reason to stray from that. I think that Malcolm, you know, sorry, bud. I was excited to have a Subban on the team, but I think that you'd be a great trade bait. And then, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, bud. Um, and it does, that, it, listen, does, it, does that give you a little bit of satisfaction that you can say a Subban is trade bait? <laughs> no, 
I like the kid because he's not a cocky, arrogant little kid like Malcolm is, and I mean, uh, uh, PK is, and I was kind of looking forward to having uh, the rivalry would have been cool, but but anyway, Nicholas Fedber, we've been talking about him. He's 23 years old. In 40 games played, he has 30 wins with seven losses and two ties. And he's he do. And <laughs> seriously, man, this guy is this guy is legit. And he came yeah. out of nowhere. He's from Sweden, right. and he's got a 2.26 GAA goals against average and a .92 save percentage. He's a guy I would like to see come to the Bruins organization more than Malcolm Subban. That's me personally. In addition to this, the Flames desperately, if you look at their center depth, they have Mike Camilleri, but that's pretty much it. They don't really have another legitimate top six center at the NHL level. So Boston, again, with some of the best prospects in the in the AHL, the, the feeder organization, like they can put Ryan Spooner, who's, you know, he's been playing with the Bruins a little bit. He's, he's a great player for uh, Providence. Bundle him with Malcolm Subban, throw in maybe a low draft pick or a high draft pick rather, or a later draft pick. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Middle, <laughs> middle draft pick. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and that deal makes perfect sense. We get the Mark Recchi leadership, scoring you, ability, physical talents, and we give away things that we don't necessarily need right now. And that's funny you just said that because you just took that out of my mouth. Because yeah, he would, he, you know, he's an older player, so he's going to bring that Mark Recchi type of presence to him. And I like that. I, I think, I think honestly. Uh, they can go ahead and you know what is it? What does he got? Like two two more years left? On, no, 2015, right? Yep. He's he's locked up too. So I mean, you know, you're gonna have him. You'll have him for this year. You'll have him for next year if you go ahead and do that. He's and then, but he could just be a Stanley Cup rental too. Like he could be dealt away at you know. But I, what, I mean, listen, with a guy of his skills, why? Why would you do that? Cap issues. You know? That's the only reason. He's seven mil. Seven mil. That's a lot of money. But so if, 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 if could, they can if they can work something out, the Brewers front desk. Peter Shirelli, please. I'm talking to you. Please. Yeah. Bring him. Shirelli is a pretty good negotiator, man. He's gotten a lot of things done when a lot of people didn't think he could. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, he, he got it he got a team to take Tim Thomas. Yeah. So Especially with that well, with that money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, for a while there it was pretty grim that a lot of somebody was gonna take that money. So yeah. I mean somebody somebody might do it. So I think the, um, the costs far away the benefits here. Moral of the story, I think that if the Bruins acquire Ginla, they are Stanley Cup favorites in the East. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Okay. Um, let's talk about our next guy. Martin St. Louis. Yeah, so get a this. Fellow, I, a fellow University of Vermont right there. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I'm a UVM student. I'm currently a junior. Um, I used to be a huge fan of Tim Thomas until he became like a preacher. Um, Martin St. Louis. I actually have a source. How cool is that? I have a source. Um, my source told me that, you know, someone close to the Tampa Bay organization said that, you know, he would absolutely waive his no trade and he would come to Boston. Um, if, if, Woo! if you heard if, that everybody, that's an exclusive right there. Well, a lot of people have been talking about it. You know, it's, it's on the web. It's been talked about, but he said that I have a quote, absolutely. He would come to Boston and there was no doubt that he would. That's what the source said. Um, good. You know, I'd love to have him. Why why would he come? Because another Stanley Cup victory absolutely gives him hockey hall of fame um, you know, a ticket to that. And yeah, his his numbers are out, outstanding. I mean hey, he's he, he owns well, uh, in Connecticut, you know. Um, yep. Steve Eiserman and him don't have the greatest relationship, they're GM. Like I think that he's this year he's the fourth best scorer in the league. He's got 40 points in 32 games. He's the seven goals, 33 assists. Um, Malcolm Subban, again, like they, they're starting like Andrews Lindbeck, who is the backup for 
to uh, Pecorine in Nashville right now. Yeah. Malcolm Subban would come in handy here. Again, I think that he's yeah. a perfect trade bait. Um, let me let me ask you this, and I brought this up to you, and I want you to explain to people uh, with Steven Stamkos, Martin St. Louis, okay, what how is that going to affect uh, Steven Stamkos? If he if St. Louis comes here, I granted, I know Tampa Bay is obviously now all of a sudden in the rebuilding phase. They fired their coach. Um, how is that going to affect Steven Stamkos? Do you think his numbers are going to come down? Well, I think uh, – well, Steven Stamkos is such a great player. I don't think his numbers are going to fluctuate that much. Again, you have Martin St. Louis and, you know, Steven Stamkos feeding each other and making great plays. But right now I think Tampa Bay's focus is to get a younger core around Steven Stamkos for him to grow with and grow that chemistry with. Because if you look at it, you know, Vinny LeCavier is getting old. Steven Stamkos is 37 years old. He's an older guy. I think that no, not not Stephen Stamkos. Martin I mean, uh, Martin Martin Saint Louis. <laughs> I was yeah. like Stephen Stamkos is decidedly not thirty-seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I think that it would maybe be this year. I don't think they're going to make a run. I think it might be in the best interest of the Tampa Bay organization to uh, you know, start thinking about that more seriously. And, and this is where a player like Jordan Caron could come into you know come into play. He's a younger player with a lot of promise. Um. And I understand that you know this is this is a stretch, but I think that it makes sense from from you know this point of view. Like if you get if you can get some prospects and some guys who have a lot of promise to be great NHL players, like you want Steven Stamkos to be able to learn with these guys and not to rely on you know uh, Martin St. Louis when he's gone because he's only got uh, at most three Couple four years. seasons, like at most, at absolute most. Yeah, like I said, like you said, that you said, you know, he's 37 years old. That is a stretch. But I've seen, I mean, look, we saw Mark Recchi play until he was like 40. So yeah, 40. Um, but you know, those are two potential options I think would really fit in uh, with the Bruins. And you know, Petey boy, make it done. All right, Don, that's all we got time for. Take us away, man. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'd like you to check out our friends Jonathan Raggis and Michael McShay on Fan Junkies Radio Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Also tune in to Five Minutes at the Frat House with Michael McShay on Saturday at 3 p.m. Uh, if you get a chance, go to Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Sports Blaga, Blaga. and search for us on uh, on Facebook. So with that being said, I'm John Larry, and that's Scott Oshansky. It's not Oshansky, man, but see so you guys Shansky. next time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>